Well, welcome to the second week of our summer message series, Rooted in Wisdom. Thanks for all our team for coming up, praying for you guys as you head out on mission this summer. And welcome to any of you who might be joining us here at Nativity for the first time, or if you'd still consider yourself relatively new around here. We're glad you're with us this weekend. We have a free gift just to say thanks for checking us out. You can head to the concourse where the Welcome Center and some great ministers uh, are out to greet you after Mass. And if you're watching online, you can always text the word WELCOME to 410-216-5534. We'd love to say thanks for joining us if this is your first time here. We are in the second week of our series, Rooted in Wisdom, where we're taking a few weeks this summer to look at the book of Proverbs. Last weekend, Daniel kicked us off by talking about the difference between advice and wisdom. There's difference in wisdom that is contained in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is beneficial. It's available for us. It's not shoved down our throats like advice can be sometimes, but it's there for the taking. It's proven. It's been time-tested, and Proverbs is full of it. It can make life better for us, and it can make us better at life. So we're taking a few weeks this summer to look at the wisdom contained in the book of Proverbs. This week, we're talking about the topic of feedback. Now, I serve on staff here as the director of production and worship, and that means I'm often behind the scenes producing the weekend or working with our creative tech team. Shout out to the crew who's making this experience happen uh, this weekend, as always. Appreciate you guys. And uh, I'm, I'm working with these guys and our musicians, our worship team each and every week. And I think this topic was given to me because I have to participate in feedback meetings and conversations all the time. In fact, tomorrow on Monday, as we do each and every Monday of the year, I'm going to sit in a meeting where we evaluate the weekend experience. We'll talk about all the things that went well and didn't go so well and how to improve for the following week. Then later Monday afternoon, as we do each and every week, we're going to have a meeting dedicated to evaluating the message. We're going to evaluate my talk and the pros and cons, the strengths and weaknesses. I'm a part of feedback and evaluation meetings and conversations all the time. And to be honest, it's something that I had to get used to. Shanna on our team I work with, uh, Shanna's been in creative and production world a lot longer than I have. And she always says that her skin is lizard thick. That in the context of feedback, she doesn't get offended. She can listen and hear everything and try to use it to improve the project. And I respect and really admire that because That's not how I am, at least not naturally. I think that's not how a lot of us are naturally. Feedback can be kind of a scary topic. It can lead to some uncomfortable conversations. Often we're given feedback that is unhelpful or we're given it poorly. Pastor Craig Rochelle says that feedback is common, but good feedback is rare. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit today. I remember in my own life, uh, my senior year of college, I played uh, tennis for four years in school at a D1 school, pretty competitive tennis. And at the end of the season, as is the case on many sports teams, at the end of the year, each year, we would have a banquet to sort of look back over the season and celebrate the good things that had happened. And at our senior banquet each year, the coach would say a few words about all the graduating players. 
And when it came time for my senior year at our senior banquet, now mind you, my coach, uh, he wasn't known as being a chief encourager. You know, he was old school. He was a pretty tough guy. And so when it came for him to, to say a few words about me, well, he didn't have that much to say. But what he did say, I'll never forget, my family will never forget, he said, uh, when I think about Brian, I think, man, he could have been great. <laughs> I know, not so great. Didn't feel very good. Uh, but the point is this. Feedback is a part of our lives. Now, of course, that wasn't a one-on-one -on -one feedback conversation. It wasn't formal feedback, but it was feedback nevertheless. Whether we like it or not, we're exposed to feedback all of the time. If you're talking to someone for the first time, getting to know them, maybe sharing about yourself and their eyes start to wander and they drift off, you're, you're getting a little bit of feedback. You know, if you're driving down the road and someone leans on their horn at you, you have just gotten feedback. If you're presenting in a business meeting and everyone has their arms crossed and has a, they have a scowl on their face, feedback. You know, if you're giving a talk in front of your church and people start falling asleep, you're getting some feedback. Feedback's a part of life. And here's the thing. If we can just step back for a moment at how it makes us feel, at least when it's given poorly, and look at it for what it is, feedback is one of the greatest tools available to you for your personal growth. Whether you're in your business career, if you're a student or an athlete, if you have a skill, a hobby, a talent, perhaps you're an artist, in your friendships and your relationships, feedback is one of the most powerful and effective tools at helping you to become the person you want to be, to accomplish all of your goals and dreams. There's a, there's a tool actually, that illustrates this perfectly. It's called the Johari Window. It's a funny name, but a pretty simple concept here. It's a four-grid table that shows there are things that we know about ourselves, and there are things that are unknown to us. Likewise, there's things that others know about us and things that are unknown to others. So, kind of makes sense walking through this. There's things that I know about myself that others know about me. If you know me, I'm an introvert. You know, it's out in the open. It's not a secret. There's also things that we know about ourselves that others don't know about us. There's private information. Also makes sense, too. Maybe some of your fears, maybe some of your deepest motivations, your worries, anxieties. There's things that we keep private that we know that others don't know. The box we're going to focus on today is there are things that you do not know about yourself that others know about you. They're your blind spots. You have blind spots. I have blind spots. We, we all know people who have blind spots. And the thing about the Johari window here is that these four quadrants, they're not static. They can grow and shrink based on our decisions and behaviors. Our blind spots can increase if we close ourselves off, if we close ourselves off to the feedback of others. But on the other hand, we can reduce, we can drastically reduce, even eliminate our blind spots if we receive the wisdom and feedback from others. If I know anything about you, I know that you don't want to lack self-awareness. You don't want to be someone with big, glaring blind spots. None of us do. And that's where the book of Proverbs can help. It has a lot of wisdom 
to share with us around this topic. Proverbs says this, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. That's what we want to be. We want to be people who listen to advice, so at the end we will, we will be counted among the wise. On the other hand, Proverbs also says, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Fools only want to hear themselves talk. They're closed off to the feedback of others. So we're going to take a little bit of time, not too much time. We're actually going to move pretty quickly and look at two more verses from the book of Proverbs. Each of these verses are going to give us some keys to giving and receiving feedback. So we'll be in Proverbs chapter 15, look at one verse that'll give us three keys to giving feedback and three keys to receiving feedback. If you'd like, you can take notes during this portion of the message. There's not a, not a huge note-taking culture in our church, but we're gonna move quickly through these points, and the point is this, that, that you're gonna be a part of a feedback conversation either tomorrow or next week or next month, and you might wanna refer back to some of the wisdom that's contained here in the book of Proverbs. So feel free, if you'd like, to take some notes. So the first of these two verses we'll look at, chapter 15, verse 31 says, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Love that word, whoever there, any of us, all of us, if you want, you can benefit from feedback. Specifically, whoever heeds life-giving correction. Love that phrase, those words there, life-giving. You know, good, effective feedback is not just an accurate list of ways you can improve. Good feedback is not just a helpful critique, it's not just an accurate evaluation, but really good feedback can actually be life-giving. You know, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. God can actually use you to give life to someone else even when you're giving feedback, especially when you're giving feedback to serve them, to help them, to help them grow and express that you're for them and you're for their growth. So we're gonna talk about three ways for you to give life-giving feedback. Life-giving feedback is, number one, given in a trusting relationship. Life-giving feedback always puts the relationship first. So if you have to challenge someone on something, if you have to bring some feedback to someone, Check and make sure that the relationship is firm, is solid before you begin that conversation. Otherwise, you might be wasting your time, and you might be wasting your breath and your energy. You might even be damaging the relationship if it's not one that's built on trust. If you are giving that feedback, the, often the very best way to begin that conversation is by reaffirming, by reiterating the trust in the relationship. On my team at Nativity, often when we launch into a topic to give some feedback, someone will just say, circle of trust, circle of trust. Hey, just to remember, hey, we're all on the same team here. We're for one another. We trust one another. So whatever is said is in the context of that trust and that relationship. Another story, I will always remember this one too. The very first time I gave a message at Nativity, this point a few years ago now, and as you'd imagine, we have a preparation process that we go through, 
and that includes a rehearsal on Thursdays. So you guys think you're a tough audience? First time I had to give my message, I had to give it to an empty room with Tom and Father Michael, and that's it. So I was a little nervous, never done this before, but I was prepared, and I got up, and I gave my, my message. I'll never forget, Father Michael was in the back of the room, taking notes the whole time, and I finished. You know, I waited, and he walked down right in front of me where I was talking, and he just looked up, and he was like, wow, that was great. You know, I love this part, I love that part. You've got something to say, it's gonna go so well. I believe you're gonna have a great talk this weekend. It's gonna go great. At the very beginning of the conversation, he just reaffirmed, he reiterated, hey, I'm for you, I believe in you. And then, of course, he did have some feedback for me. But the point was that the feedback was life-giving because I was open to receiving it because I knew that he was for me. And trust me, I mean, he had lots of feedback. It was the first time I had ever, ever done it. He, he, he definitely gave me some ways to improve, but I was open to it because it was absolutely life-giving. Second way to give life-giving feedback is to make it actionable, actionable. This may seem super basic, but it's a good point to stress here because often when we're the givers of feedback, we're concerned with, how do I nuance it? How do I soften it so it's easy to hear? And, and that can be good. You know, you want to be kind and gentle when you give feedback, but not at the risk of making it unclear. Because vague, generic feedback is unhelpful. It can leave the person feeling confused or deflated or frustrated, even hurt if they don't know what to do with it. So make sure your feedback is specific and actionable. I was listening to a podcast a couple months ago that featured a call-in segment, and a young woman was calling in to talk to the host, and she was saying that she was somewhat newly married and that she was not feeling connected relationally to her husband. And the host said, no, that's a good thing to address, you know, affirm your need to feel connected uh, to, to your spouse, you know, what are you going to do about it? And she said, well, that's the thing, that's why I'm calling, I already did something about it. I came home and I told my husband, I don't feel connected to you. And he said, well, how did that go? <laughs> she said, well, not so well. That's the other problem. Uh, nothing's changed. He hasn't done anything differently. Well, he gave her the advice. He gave her the wisdom. You have to give your husband some actionable feedback. You know, if he's a young man, maybe not the most emotionally mature human being on the face of the earth, he might not know what to do with, I need to feel more connected to you. So give him some actionable things to do. Say, hey, honey, when I come home, before we have dinner, I'd love to go on a walk together and, and talk about our day. I'd love for you to ask me questions about my day. Maybe you could hold my hand when we go for that walk so I feel connected to you. He was coaching her to give some actionable feedback. Actionable feedback that's specific can be life-giving because you're actually empowering the other person to make the change that they need to make. Third and final way to give life-giving feedback is to make it timely. Time-sensitive feedback is so important. Life-giving feedback doesn't just consider what is said, but also when it is said. As I've mentioned, I'm often on the weekends up in the control room on the comms, talking to all our audio and video and 
lighting people. And, you know, if I waited until after the event was over, until I gave any feedback, well, I wouldn't be doing my job. You know, sometimes feedback has to be given in the moment in a direct and hopefully kind way. But other times, feedback needs to be separated from the event itself. It's been said that feedback is best given as close to the event as is wise. So, again, my message, take that for example. Just after the 1045 Mass today, some of our leadership team from the church, we're going to have a quick huddle before we head off for the day. And I guarantee you, if anyone on the staff has anything to say about the message at that meeting in just a few minutes, they're just going to say, hey, Brian, great job. Way to go. Good work today. And that's it. But the very next day, on Monday, at our message evaluation meeting, some of those very same people will be in that meeting, and they will have some things to say. That's good feedback for my message. It's all about the timing. At the end of the day today, it's not time for feedback. I'm just glad that it's over. Tomorrow, I'll be more open to it. I'll have had some separation from the event. So not just what you say, but when you say it. Sometimes you have the perfect insight. You just have to find the right time. So there's three ways to give life-giving feedback. Now we're going to look at the second and final verse in chapter 15 here to see about receiving feedback. Verse says, those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. This is what we want to do when we're receiving feedback. We don't want to disregard it, but we want to gain understanding when, when we're the recipients. So three quick keys to gaining understanding from feedback. Number one, Adopt a growth mindset. This term growth mindset comes from a great book by Carol Dweck. She's an author of an oldie but a goodie. It's called Mindset. Uh, and in the book, she talks about people who have a fixed mindset versus people who have a growth mindset. Now, fixed mindset people believe that their skills, their talents, their abilities, they're all fixed. And so any sense of feedback is actually an attack on all that stuff, and it needs to be defended against. On the other hand, growth mindset people believe everything's an opportunity to grow. So why wouldn't I be open to feedback because I can incorporate it into the next time I give a talk or make a presentation or whatever? So when you're receiving feedback, consider before the person launches in, hey, do I want to be a fixed mindset person? Or do I believe that I can grow and improve? I can be a growth mindset person. Second way to gain understanding from feedback is to ask for specifics. <laughs> I guarantee you there are some people in your life that you look up to, that you admire and trust. Ask those people. Because I also guarantee you there are some other people that might not be the best voice to speak into your life. Don't ask them. Ask the specific people you want to hear from. And when you do, ask for specific feedback. Another quick illustration when it comes to receiving feedback. If I submitted to you a writing project, sent an email to you and said, hey, I'd love your feedback. Well, you might not know what to do with that. And I might not be able to gain understanding from your feedback because it might be too vague and generic. But on the other hand, if I specifically said to you, hey, this is my first draft. Take a look at it. 
does the major plot kind of line up? Do the characters work? Does it make sense? I'm looking for broad feedback here. Well, that could be really helpful for me to gain understanding. Alternatively, if I sent something to you and said, hey, this is my final draft. I'm submitting it to be published tomorrow. I need to make sure there's no mistakes. All the grammar, all the punctuation is correct. Well, that would be very different feedback. You've got to ask for specifics when you're receiving feedback so that you can gain insight and understanding. Third and final way to gain understanding from feedback is to separate the do from the who. This is all about identity. When we're receiving feedback, we have to remember it's not about who we are. Our identities are rooted in the Lord. Our identity, your identity in Christ is firm and rock solid. God says that he loves you, He's pleased with you. He cares for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's with you and for you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That is who you are in Jesus Christ. It's your identity. Now, what you've done, what I've done is different. Feedback is about our behaviors. Just because I may have done or said something that came across the wrong way or I have an area of improvement, it's not an attack on my identity. Separate the do from the who so that we can receive feedback and improve our behaviors while maintaining our identities solid in the Lord. So, oh, wow, thank you. Thanks for the feedback. <laughs> so feedback's a part of life. It is absolutely a part of our experience on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And it's one of the most powerful tools that you have available to you. So when you're giving feedback, how can you make sure it's life-giving? When you're receiving feedback, how can you make sure that you're gaining understanding, that you're open, you're adopting a growth mindset? Maybe refer back if you took any notes the next time you're apart of a feedback conversation. Because think of this. How awesome would it be? How awesome would it be if we grew in wisdom to a point that our voices, our opinions, our perspectives were sought out by our friends, were sought out by our coworkers, if we were known for having the ability to give such life-giving feedback that we were respected and revered for that? What would it look like if we were able to be free and open, open to receiving the advice and wisdom of others? So much so that we could reduce, even nearly eliminate all of our blind spots. We could gain self-awareness and, and open up ourselves to being humble and open to the promptings of the Spirit, that we could grow to become more and more like Jesus, to better serve one another. How awesome would it be that at the end of the day, just like the book of Proverbs says, we might be counted among the wise. Feedback can help us do that. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your feedback in Christ, God, that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, that you're for us, you're with us, you love us, you'll never forsake us, God. 
And we know that that is never changing. Their identities in Christ, God, are firm because you've shown us that by sending your son for us. So Father, we just pray for wisdom and insight, God, that we would be givers of life-giving feedback, that we would have a voice to speak life into the people around us. And God, that we would be growing in humility, to be open to feedback, to become more of the people you want us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.